slowly, slowly opening up. Everything seems to be going okay, so let's keep our clean fingers crossed. On this week's episode, I have Elisa Newman, who is the Chief Officer of Holbeck Together. She explains to me about how there used to be Holbeck Elderly Aid uh, and why they widened their remit um, and what that entailed. The really brilliant work that they've been doing, I mean, pre-COVID, but also definitely during COVID. Do have a listen. They're a very small charity. See if there's any way that you can help them out in any way, perhaps been a volunteer. But yeah, check out the social media. They do all sorts of great things. I think you're going to enjoy listening to Elisa. She clearly loves Leeds and she clearly loves the job that she's doing. Have a listen. On this episode of the Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary episodes of Light on Leeds, I have Elisa Newman come to speak to me. Hello, Elisa. Hi, good morning. It's very nice to speak to you on this lovely sunny Friday morning. Um, Elisa, you are the Chief Officer at Holbeck Together. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is that Holbeck Together does? Yes, of course. Thank you, first of all, very much for inviting me along to participate in this podcast. I, I must add, it's my first ever podcast, so there's always a first for oh. something, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, Holbeck Together is a charity. It's part of the neighbourhood network schemes that were formed over 26 years ago by Leeds City Council. There are 26 of them in the city. Um, Each neighbourhood tends to have its own neighbourhood network scheme. So when we were formed, we were called Holbeck Elderly Aid and we uh, supported older people in the community who were socially isolated and um, probably you know having health inequalities and housing problems and the charity's purpose was to support people to get out and socialize um, a year ago we decided that it was a, an important part of our development as a charity that we would um, rebrand and so hence we became Holbeck together That name came about through a lot of consultation with our uh, local residents in the community, our service users, and we thought it was really apt because it was all about the community. But it also reflected that we weren't just working exclusively with older people. Um, We'd been working intergenerationally for quite a long time. And more recently, we've been working on a healthy holidays programme with young families in the holidays, which is um, a project that had been the funding had come through Leeds Community Foundation. And so that rebrand over a year ago, we stood us in very good stead for something that we didn't know was on the horizon, which was the COVID pandemic. Uh, And so what we do um, in general in our day-to-day business is that we we have two minibuses, we take people out to cultural places, to parks, to do essential shopping, to visit GPs, and to the coast on a more lighter note. And we support young families in the neighbourhood during the holidays when they're potentially very challenged and uh, not have um, safe spaces to um, to go to recreationally and um, we we provide um, a range of meal services um, starting with lunch clubs coffee mornings suppers and sunday lunches and we supply um, we have an outreach worker that specifically 
supports people individually to um, help them potentially with any of their own personal issues they might have. It could be filling in forms. It could be something much more serious than that. It could be signposting and helping them to get the right, uh, get them to the right people that they need to be involved with. Uh, that, that's a general broad brushstrokes of everything we do, but a lot of other stuff in between. <laughs> yes, I've, I've seen lots of your social media posts. You do all sorts of amazing things. Was it quite difficult, Elisa, changing from being more focused on elderly, the elderly community to widening your approach? Because I imagine you were facing you know, very different needs and wants from people? Interestingly, really good question, because no, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't a decision. The decision evolved. It became a natural decision. We moved offices. Mm -hmm. Leeds Building Society very kindly gave us a, uh, one of their premises, which is in the centre of Holbeck before we were based just a little bit off the beaten track. And once we moved into that central office, people were gravitating to us, knocking on the door of all age groups. I mean, we firmly believe anyway that older people shouldn't be excluded from mixing with younger people. So we've always been advocates of intergenerational work. But once we moved office in 2017, it became very clear to us there was a need for us to develop our work. And so it evolved. We didn't decide to change our name and then go out and look for families or younger people. It was in reverse order. The younger families and the younger people naturally came to us and we realised the name of Holbeck Elderly Aid didn't fit the work we were doing. So it was a natural evolution of the work we, we did. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. For anybody who doesn't know, um, Elisa, could you describe a little bit about um, Holbeck, where you're based? Yes, well, Holbeck is in South Leeds. It is in the 1% most deprived areas of any city in the UK. So health inequalities, social inequalities are at their most, um, the, gap is, the gap is as big as it can possibly be. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have high rises, we have uh, houses that are very old traditional back-to-backs and the network of streets it was kind of cut off by motorways it's almost like an island in the middle of the city and, mm. and therefore it, it is a compromised area but a wonderful area at the same time with a wonderful community and I, I just love having you know the privilege of of being embedded in that community and working in Holbeck yeah and so you said um about a year ago you you made some changes and of course about a year ago was when we were hit by um covid and all the restrictions that are, that brought in how, how did that change your work were you, were you a little bit ready and prepared for it or did it sort of come out of nowhere and then we were already involved in projects that had to change due to it well, interestingly, you know, last a year, last January now, China seemed a very, very long way away from Holbeck. And whilst mm -hmm. we read about it in the news and we knew it was spreading across the continent, we all, not just in Holbeck, but across the country, across Yorkshire, across everywhere, didn't realise what was ahead of us in March. 
but it, came, no, definitely. it became really clear to me the week before lockdown that this was going to happen and it was imminent imminent sorry so the staff team got together one morning and we just collaboratively said what are we going to do there was never a question of well we're going to close or we're going to be compromised we've got to meet the needs of a community who would have been again disproportionately affected by the covid effects because they're already in a in an area that's challenged so literally there's a small team of six of us and we said right what we've got to do whatever we do is a face-to-face activity we've now got to make it that we take that activity to our service users to the community and so we we reinvented we reinvented our service delivery our service model and we very much thought the first thing is to phone people. So in that week, we made hundreds of phone calls just to reassure older people to say, you're OK, you're not alone. You know, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Whatever you need will keep you in the picture. And from those phone calls, we addressed the anxieties of uh, of the community you know you you suddenly faced at 80 years of old age being on your own and you having to shield and you can't go out and mm. you can't shop and you can't get food so we very much focused on inventing um a, a designing a meal service where we could touch base with everybody on a daily basis and and provide meals lunches hot meals and suppers so we invented the supper which was um you know, sandwiches and a snack and fruit and a nutritious lunch and then thankfully the community you know rose to the occasion by we had 35 new volunteers that came not wow. just from in the community but the wider community of the city and those 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 wonderful volunteers because we've always been short of volunteers at Holbeck enabled us to put a driving schedule together so that people could then go out on a daily basis and deliver to 50 people on a daily basis and more. Uh, and, and then we built in wellbeing packs, we built in activity packs for people to do at home to start supporting their wellbeing. And then we introduced a digital strategy, which was to enable older people who had not ever been involved uh, before in digital inclusion to be able to access via Zoom and actually to get devices to them. And um, we were very kindly through 100% Digital in Leeds got 30 iPhones that we're distributing now to older people who are now being able to WhatsApp, email, you know, it, this is the good that's come out of what we faced. We, in in one way, escalated things that we've always wanted to do. And then, of course, we got support from the National Lottery with an uplift and the council and local councillors, which has enabled us to survive when our other activities that brought income in weren't existing. And so, you know, it's been a very emotive time for me. Um, it's been it's been a, a terrible time in that we've lost people and um, the the terrible things that have happened. But at the same time, the community's pulled together and 
we've we've built resilience within our team, resilience within the organisation, and resilience and connections and community cohesion. So, um, and and so now we're faced with well, actually, and we've been faced with this on numerous occasions coming out of lockdown and then going back into it again and literally having to go back to the drawing board again and thinking what does this look like and that's happened to us probably in September and Christmas and um and and New Year and now we're faced with that again sorry I'm dabbling on here but (laughs) (laughs) no no it's 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 what what I'd like to hear about yeah so you so it's been a real it's been a real roller coaster, really, and um, it sounds like you've completely uh, risen to the challenge. And like you say, created. Well, I think you, you were already helping with the with the whole community feeling, but now, now even more so in these sort of troubled times. Has it been very difficult? Difficult, Elisa. I imagine it has. Like like you were talking about coming up to the various lockdowns coming in and out. It must have been very hard for you to sort of keep your finger on. Because sometimes the advice has often been, you know, conflicting or confusing to keep your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on and what you'll need to do. And then also to sort of pass on to the the people who use your services, the advice and um, to be able to plan for the future. That must have all been a very big challenge. Yes, it was a big challenge, but I think we just had to have a lot of common sense. We had to listen to the guidelines. We had to ensure that we followed the guidelines, but we had to be creative. That's the whole thing. We had to find a way around it. And if we couldn't see someone, we'd have to see them in another way. And we had to be in communication with them in another way. And we'd send you know, well-being packs out, daily bulletins with the meals. So it wasn't and it isn't just delivering a meal, but that meal service through our volunteers is a tool to communicating with people. And our social media, you know, a small charity doesn't have a big resource. And it was a very sort of important decision to expand our communication strategy and develop our communication strategy through Twitter, through Facebook, um, through social media, through our website, because this again has been another way of communicating with people. Yes, it has been a challenge, but we've just had to be creative and get over those challenges. Yeah, of course. And are you planning anything special for things slowly opening up? I think that we've got to be, we have to walk before we run. And the most important thing is we just, we have a quarterly newsletter. And that newsletter is really a linchpin between us and over 1500 people in the community. And then we're just getting ready to launch the next one. And the most important message from that is we've always been here through lockdown and we're here now, you know, ongoing. And it's small steps, coffee mornings, socially distanced coffee mornings, leading to May the 17th, leading to June the 21st, when we hope to get back the face-to-face services, develop new services that have come out of COVID and get people back on the road out on trips to the coast and the work we've been doing with the families through the healthy holiday scheme we've now got from having zero families we've got 65 children that are literally working on the moor with us 
connecting with Leeds United sports experts, um, going on. We, we, we celebrated Halloween, we celebrated Christmas, we celebrated Easter, all the festivities, and we'll, we'll celebrate summer. So, you know, we've got to be very positive that we're going to come out of this and we're going to be stronger all the way around. That that is a, a really great positive message for everybody, isn't it? And it'll be fantastic to get all those kids to the coast. I bet they I bet they just can't wait. I can't wait to see two coaches full of kids on the coast, and I'll be there with them, you know, in Blackpool for the day. <laughs> I mean, we've got, a, yeah. we've got a WhatsApp group, and you just it just brings tears to your eyes when you see these most wonderful kids enjoying themselves, even though we've had COVID. We, you know, we've managed to get round it, and it's just a hats off to to my team of staff who, bless them, nothing is too much trouble to reinvent to ensure that life has continued as much as we could make it continued during this last twelve months. Yeah, you should all be really, really proud of yourselves, and you know, give yourselves a huge round of applause for for all of the work that you that you do and are, and are doing for the for the community. Well done, everyone. Um, Elisa, have you always lived in Leeds? Born and bred in Leeds, yeah. Always lived in Leeds. So, so you're 100% qualified to answer the three questions that I always ask guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one being, what would you say um, is something that is great about the city of Leeds? Well, Leeds has been very good to me. You know, I've travelled to London, I've travelled to Europe, and I love to go, but I love to come home. And Leeds is home <laughs> to me. You know, I, 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 I just love the city. I, I love the centre of the city. I love the outskirts of the city. I love that we're so near to lovely parks. We're near to the wonderful Yorkshire countryside, and we're very privileged that since I was a little girl, how the economy has grown in the centre of the city, and how, how you know, international it is and the, and how we've got such a, a wonderful culture in the city. I, I'm, I love Leeds, that's all I can say. Well, you're the perfect podcast to talk about it. <laughs> oh, thank you. And if you had to choose something that wasn't so great, what would you choose? Well, I suppose it's inequalities in certain areas in the city and it would be great if those gaps were, were you know, shorter and working to and the, and the city is there are so many wonderful charities in the city that are working towards um bridging those gaps of inequality yeah and if you were talking to somebody who had been a resident of leeds for a very long time would you be able to tell them about something that you think is a hidden gem that they might never have heard of well, there are so many, aren't there? I mean, yeah. you know, when I was a when I was a young girl, I used to go to White Locks, um, which is such an old pub in an alleyway of um, Brigitte. Um, you know, my family were brought up in North Street, and what's left of North Street, I drive down and reminisce the thriving communities that were in North Street, and and actually, you know, now the regeneration of those areas. I, I just think we've got such a rich heritage, including Holbeck. You know, I just have a penchant for the for the old mills and, um, you know, where my family were brought up. And and then, of course, the lovely places that we can visit, like Harewood House, 
and um, you know lovely pubs and restaurants that we we've just there's such a rich tapestry um, you know such a potent cocktail uh, our love leads. <laughs> yeah, you could t- you could definitely tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I sound really cheesy, don't I? But it, it, no, no. You know, my my family were brought up in um in an area of the city. They were they were privileged to to work hard and be there, and um you know we're just very lucky to live in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, and I think it's uh great to for for me. It's great to hear all of the stories of all the brilliant people who are doing fantastic things all over the city and it's it just makes you feel great to hear about it and it feels like a very um dynamic city to me it is it's a wonderful city and as I say I you know I've never had um I, I go and visit other cities and I've been in other cities but Leeds is home it's it's small enough to feel that you're not lost and it's a home, but it's large enough to stand up with the rest of them. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, and, I do. And I think Newcastle's a little bit like that as well. And I, I just and Yorkshire is it's just such a special place to live. So um, I'm very honoured and privileged that I was born here. <laughs> and Elisa, what will you be doing with the rest of your day today? Well, interestingly. Um, I've got um, a meeting with one of our funders, the National Lottery, this afternoon. Um, We've got some volunteers down at the office who are helping us um, move some stuff around because we're opening a social supermarket, which is just so exciting for us, Um, enabling families to come along, pay £2.50 once a week. They get membership, but they go home with two full bags of food, including one bag of frozen food. So, you know, it's just so exciting really and we're in the Yorkshire Evening Post tonight so I'm just about to read that we've got two pages in the Yorkshire (laughs) Evening Post um, on the work that Leeds United have been doing with us so and then I shall be going home and making um, a meal um, that I'll be sharing with my family in a social distance way Um, so um, I drop it off and we we kind of we 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 send food to each other so um that's nice as well so I look forward to a bit of a mix in the day yeah a lovely positive day I heard it sounds like to me well thank you again for coming along and speaking to me and please pass on mine and Leeds thanks to everybody who's working together down there at Holbeck together I can thank you very much for listening to me. It's my first podcast. I hope I haven't rambled on. Um, But thank you, Hazel. And um, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Anytime, please come and visit us. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It was great to hear about all of the fantastic work that Elisa and her team are doing down at Holbeck together. I was sent the most beautiful song, Serenity, by Dominique Simone. Thank you, Dominique. She is releasing the single on the 28th of May. Links to social media for Dominique and for Holbeck Together will be in the podcast notes. It does seem like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel leads. So let's just all keep trucking on. Speak soon. to lie
watching a field filled with lavender and the tallest of blossom trees. Sometimes I need an escape from reality, 'cause sometimes I find myself on my knees needing more. What am I living for? In this field, I wear a flowing dress, and I don't wear shoes. And my hair's a mess, and I just breathe. Being lonely can feel most free. So where do I find this field in reality? I ask the divine for help to fill. I try to quiet my mind and consider what could happen if I just believe. So I seek out time to find some inner peace. I feel like there is so much more than what we see. The galaxies are waiting, but are way too far to reach. The fact I'm here is just obscene, but the love I feel makes me sure I'm where I'm meant to be. One blessing shall I receive. I feel alright for some place I don't know. Maybe I was there an eon ago. What could this be? But the questions make me me. So where do I find this field in reality? I ask the divine for help to fill my. I try to quiet my mind and consider what could happen if I just believe. So I seek a time to find some inner peace. So where do I find this field in reality? I ask the divine for help to. Just believe, so I seek a time.